0: Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural, there's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things Podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Welcome to Birth and Parenting Things Podcast. I am your host, Kim Fernandez. Does that sound official? I never know how to start these things. I listen to so many podcasts, but it's always, I never know quite how to, how to start after the recording button gets pushed. Anyways, how's everybody doing? How is life? The sun is shining. Spring is coming. My children are all vaccinated. My mother is vaccinated. All one dose. I am vaccinated. One dose. One My uncle, my elderly uncle, is going to be vaccinated tomorrow with his first dose. Don't even get me started as to why it's taken this long to get him vaccinated. But does it feel like maybe there's a bit of hope in the world happening? Maybe? I don't know. There is um, something posted today that Toronto has... 65% of adults have been vaccinated, at least one dose. So that is good. That makes me feel more hopeful. Of course, there's still people that will not get vaccinated and respect whatever your choices are. Um, There are people who are you know, freaking out about, you know, still wearing masks and whatnot. Okay, whatever you, you do what you need to do. Um, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to wear a mask and even after this is all done, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to be wearing a mask. I just think I feel more comfortable with it on. I feel safer with it on. Um, even like the vaccine is not a cure from it. But if you get Corona, then you are less likely to have major issues with it and end up hospitalized. But I still don't want to get sick. So I am I am 100% happy to continue wearing a mask. And plus I got some cute ones. Why Why would I not want to keep wearing them? They're so cute with the polka dots and stuff. Anyways, so that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Today is my, today is my do thing day. I go out and run errands usually once a week if I can help it. Usually not more than once a week because I seriously don't want to be out of the house more than once a week. And it's been a pretty good week so far. I had a really good, um, birth planning session, uh, with a uh, birthing parent and their partner last night. I have another one tonight, which I'm quite looking forward to. And yeah, so I thought, um, I was actually going to do this before I was asked this question yesterday, but I had it written down that I was going to do this today anyways, but I thought I'd talk about what virtual doula support looks like. So, and not be quite so frazzled when I talk about it. I think sometimes when I'm talking about it, I... I used to have an elevator speech for, you know, birth support in person, birth support, but with virtual support, there's a little bit more nuance to it. There's a little bit more subtlety to it. So you can't necessarily do that in a 10 second elevator speech. So I thought what I would do is I go through sort of what I do, um, with families, uh, when I work with them virtually. So to start, uh, the prenatals. So usually there's a couple of prenatals. And in those prenatals, which again, are done virtually, they, and the reason, all right, let me back up. The reason why I am so sort of drawn to virtual support is because I think where I shine best is with information. I think where I shine best is in giving information and encouragement and using my voice as opposed to my my hands. And back in 2018, so i had had some, it had some health issues and whatnot. And as a result of one of the health issues and a, what do you say, a, uh, uh, medication I was on, I get really sore. So one of the side effects, one of the really rare side effects is, um, of this, uh, medication that I was on is uh, weakening of the ligaments so of course even though it's super rare of course I get it So um, I have um, I have sort of issues sort of standing for long periods of time and and doing long you know 20- hour births and whatnot at the age of 51 is it's not it's possible I can do it but the recovery time takes forever now so my used to be you know 24 hours you were back to doing what you were able to do before and you just bounce back and, and you did your thing you get a good night's sleep and some hangover food and, and you're good to go but at the age of 51 that bounce back time is taking a hell of a lot longer than it used to so back in 2018 my uh, partner my uh, business partner came t- to me, we had a meeting, we were gonna sit down and sort of revamp everything and revamp the website and all that stuff. And she told me about this idea that she had to do virtual support. So to be like a, a concierge or to be you know, that virtual person that you know, your own sort of Dr. Google that you could tap into whenever you needed. And we bantered it around a little bit and was like, yeah, this sounds great. I really like this. So we called it digital doula. We copy, we got it copywritten um, in Canada. I know there's a digital doula in the States um, who I'm actually currently working with as a business coach, but um, we sort of ran with it and we, I put it out there and put it out there on the, um, on the website and I introduced it to my classes and stuff like that. And lo and behold, got a couple of bites and got, you know, did some virtual support. Now, I will admit the first one that I did um, didn't necessarily turn out quite as well as I hoped. Everything went great. And I really I still did in-person postpartum visits with them, but didn't actually attend. So we did in-person prenatal, um, in-person postnatal, but not for the actual birth itself. And it was it was hard at first for me because, you know, one of the great gifts of being a doula is being able to see a baby born and being able to see, you know, that amazement. And of course, doing things digitally, you don't get that, which is fine. Um, I've sort of gotten over that. So then I had another couple of uh, supports which worked out really well, one was great, because um, it ended up being on Halloween, they ended up delivering or going into labor on Halloween and delivering on Halloween. And Halloween's my Halloween's my holiday, Halloween is my jam. So I was still able to do the virtual support and, and be with technically virtually with this, with this couple. Um, while still being able to dress up for Halloween and give out candy and, and whatnot. So that was, that was very helpful. Um, and I, I really super appreciated it at that point. So we had been, and then of course I got a, just before the pandemic hit, I got a client in early March and of course, then it ended up with a pandemic, it ended up switching over into virtual support and it went really well too. So I think one of the things that I really, or oh, actually I'll get to that later. Um, so definitely been doing this for longer than the pandemic itself. The pandemic kind of made us shift into needing to do this virtually but even when it's over i'm i'm really comfortable in 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 continuing with doing it this way now of course as i'm recording this right now my neighbor has decided that now is the time to <laughs> mow his lawn so i don't know if you can actually hear that or not or if my mic is actually drowning that out but i suspect it's probably not but the good news is he's not doing it on a saturday while i'm teaching a class so Um, the man is obsessed with his lawn, so I mowed my lawn yesterday, and of course, now his looks, mine is now shorter than his, so he, he must get it changed. Oh, elderly men. Anyway, so, um, let's start with how sort of things work. So, in the prenatals, when I usually meet with the families twice, um, virtually again over Zoom and to uh, to go over the prenatals. And the first prenatal is usually just getting to know one another and getting to sort of see where they are as far as their thoughts and hopes and wishes are for the birth and how we can sort of make that happen and come up with kind of a birth plan, a birth wish list, a birth intentions page, and sort of everybody be on the same page of what that might look like. Then the second prenatal tends to be a little more, a little more in depth into pain management and how the, how I can support the family, um, virtually, but also to almost do like a mini doula session with the partner to, uh, make sure that they're aware of how they can create, uh that comfort and whatnot for their partner. Um, From that, I usually have, I usually will create a birth plan and then a, uh, it's kind of like a booklet of suggestions and things like that, that we talked about to have sort of a, you know, at your fingertips kind of uh, thing that you can bring with you to help with tips and tricks and things like that then when in early or actually pre-labor so before labor starts and these prenatal visits are usually done sort of closer to the 38 week mark 35 38 week mark and then from that point on the support sort of changes into you know discussions that you've had with your care provider and what they might look like and what your doctor has said and you know maybe they're talking about an induction and maybe they're leading you towards um you know different things and then my role then becomes you know well let's talk about that how do you feel about that do you need more resources here is the information that we have here this is what we know about xyz and of course, you know, offering tips and suggestions and, you know, for those last week sort of discomforts and things that you have. And, you know, is this labor, is this the mucus plug, is this just Braxton Hicks, you know, things like that. Then in early labor, and again, this could be at any time of the night or day, talking about, you know, oh, well, I think my water is broken. I think I'm having contractions. I've been having contractions for, um, I've been having this cramping for X number of hours and this is what's happening. And, you know, asking those, asking those questions, how are you feeling? Is there any bleeding? Um, has your water broken? You know, how do you feel? And offering again, suggestions for comfort, offering, you know, reminding you to drink, reminding you to eat, reminding you to go to the bathroom, um, reminding you to get rest and whatnot whenever you need it. And then, of course, when, uh, you know, the decision is made to go to the hospital, then the doula becomes the virtual doula becomes then a resource for you to use. Uh, This doula, so me, um, the doula would then be, you know, the doctor suggesting xyz this is what's happening um me offering you know oh that's what's going on okay this is likely what's going to happen next and giving you sort of a heads up as to what might happen um then you know as you get closer to the end maybe there's been an epidural in play and of course reminding you to use your peanut ball reminding you to um you know get some rest and things like that and flip from side to side and all of that so it's it's like taking your prenatal teacher with you to the birth and then just you know instead of googling things you know just shooting a text or an email or a facetime or a whatsapp to say hey this is what's going on what should we be doing what can we do and then taking it from there and getting good evidence-based information without having to weed through a whole bunch of crap on the internet <laughs> um then, you know, once baby is born after the birth itself, then, you know, being that resource and that can happen sort of even if you're still in hospital, but when you get home, you know, at least two sort of timed Uh, visits, virtual visits, usually with WhatsApp or something with your phone, so that I can actually with some good camera angles or phone angles, actually be able to see nursing a little bit more clearly. And of course, you know, feeding questions, sleeping questions, you know, this is baby's poop has done this, this is what's going on. And again, sort of instead of Googling stuff that's going on with your baby and getting, you know, crowdsourcing information from Facebook and whatnot, actually talking to somebody who's, you know, maybe a bit of an expert in the whole thing. I have been at this for 15 years. Um, And, you know, knowing that everything is normal and that everything's fine and that, you know, you're okay and we can get you help if you need it. And, you know, having that support. And that can be, you know, usually the way I do it is, you know, you get some of this, you basically get all this support, um, you know, for three weeks. So if you have questions, if you have concerns, if there's something that you need, if there's, you know, questions that you have, that's what I'm here for. You know, I shoot me a text, um, ask to speak to me, things like that. I can answer those questions for you and I can be that that resource for you. And as I say, you know, I'm even still, you know, chatting and, and talking with people who've had their baby like, you know, months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago. Um, I don't mind answering those questions and, and, you know, offering as much support as I can, even if I don't know the answer to whatever, uh, situation is happening to you, I am a resource where I can find the information for you. And again, instead of filtering through, you know, Google that might be giving you not the greatest of information, not evidence-based information, then, you know, that's what I can do for you. Great. The phone is ringing. Hold on. Okay, so that was my mother on the phone. (laughs) Oh, my mother. I'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, so can't even remotely remember what the hell I was talking about before. Um, But after the birth, yeah, I'm your Dr. Google. Message me. I am there. If you have questions, if you have concerns, that's what I'm there for. So that's my 15-minute elevator speech. That's what digital doula, that's what virtual doula support is about. It's about having that lifeline, that connection, that informational support. And I think, I mean, obviously if you are shooting for a unmedicated birth, a complete unmedicated birth, then yeah, I think having in-person support is definitely the way to go. But if you are You know, if an epidural is on the table, if that's sort of where you're headed, if you already know you want to have pain management, medical pain management, then having a virtual doula is not a bad option because you'll get that support beforehand, you'll get that communication and resources and suggestions and whatnot beforehand, and you'll get that support afterwards because I think afterwards, you know, when you have all those questions with this new human that you've brought home, you wanna get the right information, you wanna get the best information for you um, and your situation and not just random, you know, crowdsourcing crap from Facebook Or even, you know, rummaging through the millions and millions and millions of pieces of information on the internet. So yeah, that's what I do. That's what, that's what I like. And, you know, as I say, a lot of the time I'm chatting with clients. You know, even when I'm out and about, like, I don't have to be sitting anywhere specifically. I can be out and around and doing my thing and then just stop in the grocery store. I had one client, um, she was struggling. It seemed like she was struggling with, you know, postpartum mood disorder or at the very minimum, sort of the baby blues. And this was pre-pandemic. Um, and I was out at the mall. It was like Christmas shopping or might have been Christmas shopping. And she called or texted. I can't remember quite. It might have been text. And yeah, I just stopped what I was doing. And instead of saying, you know, I'll call you back when I'm back at home or blah, blah, blah. I just sat down on the on the closest bench and put my packages down and sat down and and listened and, and or read, you know, what they were going through and, you know, offered some offered some insight offered some advice offered some yeah i've totally been there um stuff and, and i think it helped so again that's the other reason why i really like virtual support because you can i can be anywhere doing anything that i need to do with my family and whatnot but I'm still there for you as well, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you know I have to drop everything and go to you. Um, if you need me on a whim, then I am there on a whim, whatever that happens to be. So yeah, so that's what I do. All right, there you go. Now, let me just uh, let me just take a moment and talk about <laughs> my mother. I can't remember if I mentioned this, uh, in a previous episode, but a couple weeks ago, my mother was, had a very bad night and she was vomiting and, you know, really not well and, and diarrhea and just, it was bad. And she instantly thought, I love my mother, but she instantly thinks the sky is falling. She's, she's chicken little or chicken little. Is that the one where the sky is falling? anyways um but she instantly jumps to bad things so she has this hiatus hernia that she takes medication for and she felt that it was that acting up and she needed to take more medication and all of this and she didn't want to take more medication because there were steroids and it weakens your immune system and then you know she'll go to the shopper's drug Mart and get covid i don't know but so i said to her okay So I get what you're saying. However, let's back up a bit before we, you know, jump off a cliff. What did you eat? What had you eaten, you know, leading up to that point? She goes, well, I had hot dogs. Now, let's keep in mind, she's 78 years old. She goes, I had hot dogs, but I've had hot dogs before. And I said, okay, but you had fish and chips the night before. Then you had hot dogs with, you know, leftover fries from the fish and chips you get you're not 28 anymore. Like you can't eat, you're 78 years old. You can't eat like you're a frat boy anymore. Or else, you know, your body's going to instantly reject it, especially with all that grease. No, I'm sure that's not it. I'm sure that it's not. And I go, okay, well, that's fine. So when is your appointment with your gastroenterologist? So she never did get in touch with her gastroenterologist because everybody thinks he's fallen off the face of the earth um, so she spoke to her family doctor so she made an appointment with her family doctor and she that was her calling to talk to after she'd spoken to the family doctor so according to the family doctor or rather my mom says so the doctor doesn't think that it has anything to do with um, my thing that she thinks it might have just been food poisoning so so pretty much what I was talking about before, but yeah, because I'm, you know, not a doctor, I obviously don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So we can totally dismiss what she has to say, um, and just go with what the MD said, even though they were pretty much the exact same thing. And then, of course, so this was the second elderly person to tell me today that I uh, that I was wrong and I'm stupid. But so on Monday, uh, or yesterday, so Monday I had to, which is usually my day off, usually on Mondays I just like chill um, because I usually work on the weekend. But it was a long weekend, so I got to have the weekend off. So he, my uncle called and on the Sunday and said, you know, I need some help with my thermostat because he has no clue as to how a a digital thermostat works. Um, And I need, I have some issues with the clock because he has to set an alarm because we're taking him out tomorrow for his vaccine. So I said, okay, well, I'll come over and I'll set it. I'll, I'll fix the clock for you. So he didn't, he didn't need any help with the thermostat. But when I got there, I Check the clock, simple, easy. It's basically a travel clock. It has like two settings, on, off, alarm, time, whatever. So I go in and I set the alarm for 6 o'clock a.m. And I check it, I check it twice a.m. So he calls me this morning at like 8.15. Um, so you didn't set the clock right. And I go, okay, what did I do? um well it was wrong you made a mistake okay can you tell me why i made a mistake how we know that i made a mistake because it went off at 6 p.m last yesterday as opposed to 6 a.m this morning And i go oh okay well maybe like instead of jumping to the conclusion that i am wrong Can we maybe consider the fact that maybe your clock is wrong? Because I certainly didn't check to see if the clock was set for a.m. or p.m. I just checked to see if the alarm was set for a.m. or p.m. But okay, I'm clearly wrong. So now I have to get up like an hour earlier tomorrow so that I can call and wake him up and be his, you know, wake up call. Listen, can we... Can we give people the benefit of the doubt that, you know, stop calling them wrong or stop dismissing what they say and think that maybe there's other factors, always more than one piece to the puzzle. So why don't we look at the whole puzzle instead of just zeroing in on me being wrong? Because guess what? I'm not usually wrong. I'm usually right. (sighs) They're giving me so much stress. The hives are going to break out soon, I'm sure. And the fact that I already have a headache right now because there's a massive storm coming. (sighs) Not good. Anyways, so I am hoping that as I grow older, I am not going to be a complete nightmare for my kids. And if they are, I hope to God they smack me in the back of the head and say, cut it out. So anyways, that's that. That's your, that's your birth. uh, That's your birthy part of this podcast. I'll come back in a minute with some discussion on parenting and bullying. Hmm. Definitely not something you probably have to deal with with your baby, but they do grow up faster than you think. And we're back. All right. So, uh, one thing that I forgot to mention at the beginning was a big shout out to Canada. I actually ended up charting in Canada on the parenting. I think it was the parenting uh, chart that they had. I think It was like 103. I've slipped a bit, but I'm still there. Um, I've slipped a little bit. So that's. Kind of freaking exciting. Um, usually with the other podcasts that I do, you know, you're on once and then you slip right off the next week. But and I'm still on the charts in Bermuda. Bermuda? Oh my god. Big shout out to you. How cool is that? I am I am beyond thrilled and appreciative. You have zero idea. All right. So uh, I was talking with my daughter. Uh, last week, every Friday, we sit down and we watch a show on Disney called Big Shots. And it's really cute. And the reason, I mean, the main reason why we watch it is because Yvette Nicole Brown is on it. And let's be honest, she's a queen. So in that show, the, and of course, here goes my dog again. Clickety clackety, clickety clackety. <laughs> ah, I love that old dog. Anyways, all right. So we watched this show called Big Shot, and it's on Disney Plus. It's got Yvette Nicole Brown, and it's also got John Stamos in it. But in the last week, uh, the last episode last week is um, it, they were going on. Basically, there was bullying that was happening between the students, and and this poor girl getting bullied, um, because of something her father did. However, there was also bullying from the teachers, not only the teachers siding with the the bullying students to bully this, this girl, but also the teachers bullying the teachers. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how stupid is this? And of course, my daughter, so smart, she says, uh, no, that literally happens. That happens all the time. And then it got me thinking that, yeah, it does. I remember when my daughter was in grade 8 um there was a teacher grade 8 yeah grade 8 there was a teacher in her school that was being bullied by the other teachers in the school to the point where the students all knew it was happening this is how blatant it was and the The teacher that was being bullied, I loved her. She was really good, and she was she had been a brand new teacher when my son was in grade seven there, and she helped him quite a bit to pass and 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 to do you know to actually figure out what was going on with his schooling and things like that. And she was amazing, and I loved her. And these other teachers were actually bullying, putting her down, talking bad about her in front of the students and whatnot. And I went to, I didn't go to, I emailed the school, the principal, who I didn't like anyways, um, to lodge a complaint that this was happening and, you know, that you have teachers, you've created or are allowing a culture in the school of bullying. Um, teachers bullying teachers. Never heard a word. So that, that right there shows you the culture in that school. But there's also obviously the idea of teachers siding, siding with bullies against other students. What the hell is that? Come on. They said to my daughter, so she has on a, not her personally, I don't believe, because I'm hoping she'd tell me, though she might be afraid to tell me, because as soon as I find out that anybody is bullying my daughter I or my any of my kids, I will be out there <laughs> going ballistic. Um, but, um, so... As soon as I find out that anybody is bullying my daughter or any of my kids, as they say, I will be out there walking up one side of them and down the other. Yeah, I'm that mom. I am the mother bear that, you know, I'll eat you alive before I let you harm my children. Now, um, there was, she has friends who have had teachers in virtual school, you know, just even this semester, this final quadmester you know, yelling at students in front of other students for not having the right um, computers and not having the ability to, you know, good enough Wi Fi, and how come you haven't fixed this and blah, blah, blah. Um, Hello. Not everybody has that ability. Can you be can you, you know, display your privilege any more than you actually are? Some students do not have that ability. Some students, you know, are struggling with other students in their home, you know, trying to muster up what little Wi-Fi they have to actually watch and, and be a part of the school. Honestly, a little compassion, a little f- empathy, a little forethought moving forward, stopping an ass. Anyways, so I've definitely seen bullying of teachers to students. I've definitely seen bullying of teachers to teachers, adults to adults. Can we not just how can we how can we teach our children not to be jerks if the adults that they are being sent to are being jerks on on a regular basis? It doesn't take much to have a little forethought and and note what's coming out of your mouth before you say, hey, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have said that, and to openly apologize. Like, if you make a mistake, then make a mistake. If you've had a bad day, I get it. But then say, you know what, I'm really sorry, guys, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done XYZ. I am having a really bad day. And I know you are, you are all too. I apologize for that. Because look, we get it. We all have bad days. But that doesn't mean that doesn't give you the right to constantly have a bad day and be a complete ass. So, watch your kids. Sometimes the bullying and sometimes the threats and sometimes the crap that they're going through at school isn't coming from other students. Sometimes it's actually coming from the adults that are put in charge of them. Now, having said that, if your child is a jerk, don't so there are people in my neighborhood there's there's friends um I'm pretty sure they don't listen to this um but their kids went through school you know what they say was being bullied by teachers uh, i mean Okay, maybe the one, um, the one that they ended up getting fired, um, because she kind of came at my kid too. So and I wasn't having any of that. Um, But if your kid is actually a dumbass, if your kid is actually a jerk, then that's on you. And you need you need to curb that. Try not to blame those that are trying their hardest to educate your child. If your child is actually a jerk. All right. So it goes, it can go both ways. But whenever my kids were called in, you know, I would, like my parents did, we would sit down and we would say, okay, let's look at all sides of the story. Let's hear it all. And yeah, I am obviously going to take my kid's side a little bit more than somebody else's. But if it sounds like something I've seen my kid do, yeah, then I'm gonna I'm gonna curb that. Because I need my kid to be out there in the world, being a productive, good, kind human being to help create a world that is kinder and less full of jerks. Anyways, so I'm gonna jump off that soapbox now because my head feels like it's going to explode because there's a storm coming and i think i'm gonna need to lie down anyways i hope that you've enjoyed this i hope that um you have found it beneficial and yeah if anybody has any questions any comments concerns i would love to hear them Birth and Parenty Things at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and keep up the good work. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe, and know that you are doing the best you can. As I've always said with parenting, if you're going into this with love, you're fine. Don't worry about what anybody else has to say. All right. Wear a mask. Do your, do your thing. And let's hope that we get out of this pandemic soon. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.